You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Yeah, so um, you had been mentioning you've been working really hard right now on this electronic music festival with your man. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> it's going. As as you know, I'm not a hard worker, so it's <laughs> it's been such an interesting experience to have something that my my husband's so passionate about. Yeah. And to actually come into one of his projects, I had this very clear original intention. I'm just going to like be the financer and like work on the budget the first year. And then it was such a cool experience to be at the festival and then get this glimpse into this thing that in the past I would kind of brush off as like, oh, how could you give so much of your like time and energy and resources and money to this thing <laughs> with like seemingly not getting so much back. Mm. And I just had this moment at the end of the festival sitting at the table with like part of our core crew, just being like, oh, I get it. Mm. I get it. So now I have many roles more than intended, but (laughs) (laughs) life always does that. Right. Yeah. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind and it kind of feels like we're starting, like it kind of feels like year one again, because we are post pandemic and, and new location, some new team. So, Mm. you know, there's some of the, the like kind of the new learning curve things mm-hmm. and and it's been good it's been both like a whirlwind and fun at the same time what do you feel like surprised you the most about that process i think i was really surprised at like how how invested i feel and like how much i really do want to be involved like I never, you know, there's always like these little festival mamas Mm -hmm. and, or like rave moms, you know, Mm -hmm. and I never thought that I would be the rave mom or the festival (laughs) mom, but I think that role has kind of come in a little bit more than I anticipated. Mm, That's, I just, I love that, you know, and I feel like (laughs) we both, there's just this like fun overlap in, you know, throughout the years, like since we met, which was, I don't know, what was it? 2014, was it? Yeah, that feels right. That feels about right. 20, yeah, it feels like somewhere around that time period was when we met through Nisha Midley's mastermind. And I just feel like, we may have not, we're not always timed at doing the same thing at the same time, but we somehow tend to uh, just hop from like one pocket of <laughs> just interest to another. And they overlap a lot, whether it's the sexuality piece, life coaching, uh, electronic uh, music, you know, with me, I was sharing with you, like I, I took that ecstatic 
uh, uh, dance DJ course. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, it's very humbling, like making my way through, like figuring out how to like mix. <laughs> and I think that there's this, um, you know, there's this thread of um, curating experiences, right? That, mm. you know, it's whether it's, whether it's through being um, the person creating an event for people to have that experience, uh, the experience of a coaching session and transforming someone's life with a few questions, the experience of a retreat, you know, and like an exotic location, right? All those things. So yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things about, um, I don't know, just like the overlap in, in both of our lives. I mean, there's a lot more, right? Our, we're both projectors and yeah, all that good stuff. Oh, being a projector in business, we'll get into that. Um, I do, I, so for everyone listening, um, Alison Braun, I mean, I just shared how I met her, but she is um, one of the best coaches out there, in my opinion. And, um, your official title is, is what these days <laughs> depends on the moment. <laughs> I would say the, the most general one would be business and leadership coach or energetic mastery coach could mm -hmm. be a mentor, yeah. but you know, dropping those things in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, you know, it's so, I love that we're finally in the era of, um, understanding and owning and like giving permission to the fact that we are multifaceted beings mm -hmm. and that like two words are never going to do the job <laughs> of like, so here's who I am and here's what I've been through and here's how I can help you. And here are the gifts that I offer the world. It's like so much more, um, than that. And I, whenever I think of you always, I, I think the queen of ease, that's what I, when I, I talk to people, I'm like, oh, she's the queen of ease. <laughs> so um, that's what comes to mind because you truly are in my world, such an inspiration. And the person I look at, like one of the main people I look up to who I'm like, okay, I want to be able to run business like her. I want to be able, <laughs> I want to be able to work that little amount and still make good <laughs> money and still change the world with my existence, you know? Mm. Um, and so that was a big part of why I really wanted my community to, to meet you and get to know you if they don't know your work already. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's yeah. nice to hear. I'll happily yeah. receive all of that. Yeah. So, okay. The name of this podcast is The Edge. And the reason why I <laughs> called it that is because I've been fascinated lately by the exploration of edges, edges in just all the different ways. Um, my own edges, I love asking people you know, what edge they're exploring right now. I love looking at what, what's going on in the collective in terms of the edges that we're, we're all on, we're all on a precipice right now, for sure, at mm. this point in history. And so I'm just curious, like what has been an edge that you've been exploring recently that's uh, been working you a little? <laughs> what a great question. <laughs> I should have been anticipating this this direction a little bit more <laughs> I'm like hmm what have I been playing with I think there's been a few things one of them has been really exploring how to stay as engaged as possible with my emotions while 
especially like ones that feel like really overwhelming to me. Like they, they literally like, um, my body feels like almost overtaken by them Mm. and really exploring, I don't know if balance is really the right word, but like kind of dancing between making space for that while also still staying engaged with my business in whatever way is accessible in, in that moment. Mm. Mm. I'm definitely someone who has lived a lot of my life um, thinking that I was super chill, which I am, but not realizing that I had really um, such a strong survival mechanism of like mm. not feeling my feelings. And, you know, that's definitely been a, a long process of opening up to that over the last 20, 20 years of personal growth work. But I would say over the last couple of years, and it feels really present right now too, just really accessing making a, more space than I think that I need for, for those feelings to come through and still stay engaged with life, still stay engaged with my work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, basically the question of hmm, how do I be a tantrika and a businesswoman at the same time? <laughs> yeah. No biggie. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, here's the thing, right? Like what's so difficult is that we sort of are putting this pressure on ourselves in a way as a society, but like back in the day, or maybe even in certain cultures still, there's like, you take one path and you stick to it. You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to fully immerse myself into the tantric world. And this is like, my whole life is devoted to that. And that's it. Or I'm going to devote myself to being the matriarch of the family. And whatever that entails, nurturing the the extended family, the community, uh, cooking, cleaning, managing the household, right? Like all those things. Or I'm going hardcore on, you know, selling these cool t-shirts or (laughs) whatever it is, but you just like pick a path and just do it. And nowadays, because there's so much more conversation around, you know, work-life balance and being more multifaceted and being able to, you know, do all these different things, which is beautiful on the one hand, I feel like it's also been um, creating so much pressure for us because we somehow want to master all the things. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, oh my God, like I, I just have come out of a couple of days of feeling very overwhelmed (laughs) and being like, just like this morning, I was just like moping to my partner and being like, I don't know. There's just never enough time. Why is this the never ending theme? Like in life, like I want to be, you know, mastering like my health and I want to be mastering my business and this new podcast. I want to be mastering um, this relationship and mastering like the beautiful home that I'm creating, blah, 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 blah. You know? And then you're just like, and then you hear yourself saying all these things and you're like, wow, this is, these are some pretty high standards. Yeah, no wonder I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I love this because that permission to feel more, I think is something that's been really present more and more for people everywhere in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like instigated a lot. Um, just in the collective energy by the pandemic and being able to slow down and sort of look inward, or if it's just 
you know, I don't know, part of where we are historically and what we need as, as a species to evolve. Mm. Um, not to zoom out too much, but you know me, I like to zoom out. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> let's look at the macro perspective. But um, that's really beautiful that, um, that there's more permission there for that, all the feelings. Thanks. Yeah, it's, and it's hard, <laughs> so freaking hard. Um, which really transitions us beautifully into what had me initially go, oh my God, Allison, let's talk about this on the podcast. And that is this revolutionary, <laughs> rebellious idea of normalizing, deprioritizing our business sometimes. Gasp. Oh my God. Someone definitely just had a heart attack somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So tell, tell us a little bit about, um, what got you talking about that, um, to your community? Cause I just heard you speak to it and I was like, Oh my God, (gasps) this is so important. Let's talk about it. Yeah. It's been such a, I mean, you and I have both been in business for a really long time. Um, for me, this is my 11 year anniversary of this business. And I know, and I think like many people I started because obviously I wanted to utilize my gifts and like live my purpose and help people. And I also wanted freedom. Like I wanted to be able to work when and where and how I wanted to work. And have been living that life for 11 years. I like. I think you were kind of alluding to, like, I think I've been working on average of 10 to 15 hours a week for 11 years. Mm. And I love that. I'm so happy about that. And I think something that's a little bit less talked about is even when we're only working 10 to 15 hours a week, And even when you're working 40 hours a week or however long it is, when you have your own business, it's a very different experience. I think most of us can relate to this idea that even when we're done, it's still very easy for our brain to be tracking ideas, tracking inspiration, tracking what's happening for our clients and for our programs. And, you know, our brain is holding on to a lot of the things that are happening sometimes more so than others, but even (laughs) I think so many people have this experience now. I remember it being like kind of new back then, but it's like this concept of like, is it business or pleasure when I'm traveling? It's like, it's both. Mm. And I love that. And I think there gets to be a point in time where as, as much as our business can be an absolute pleasure, it's still important to not have our business always, always be first, always be kind of like leading and to give space and time and prioritize other aspects of our life. So taking a vacation just for the sake of taking a vacation Um, taking a staycation or a time off or even hours in the day where we are really doing our best to give space. I'm really passionate about spaciousness and all that it can do for us. Mm-hmm. Give, give our, our brain space and our heart space and our body space for something a little bit different at certain points in our day and our life. 
Yeah. Oh my God. This is so big because you see this pattern and, and I, I really understand I am one of these people who did it and still, still is like working my way out of this trap of going, okay, I'm going to do it, you know, do run my own business. And part of that is like, yeah, the freedom of being my own boss, but actually be sometimes being your own boss is like, that's the worst boss to have because, because <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, no, I can do, you could do more. You could do more. You could do more. <laughs> and for, for us specifically, right. As projectors who are not meant to be just sitting there grinding all day long, um, it can feel especially, um, well, it can burn us out faster, but it can also feel especially, um, hard, um, to not get sucked into that, but you do it so well. And I'm like, I don't know, well, tips, what are some tips? Like, I don't know how to do it. I keep, I, I, I feel I actually have an easier time doing, the compartmentalization, like it's off time, it's on time. Mm. Um, and I have a bit of a harder time being in that in between of like, it, it's a little of this and a little of that. And I'm like, no, but is it work time right now? Or is it fun time right now? <laughs> or is it relaxing time right now? Um, and yes. so, yeah, it's, um, it's, but it's such a trap that we see so many people in our industry and in, in many different industries, anyone mm -hmm. who becomes an entrepreneur essentially um, end up going, wait a second, hold on. If I actually add up the number of hours, and like you said, that I think about business, right? You might not be sitting at the computer uh, just getting back to people's emails, but you might be at the beach. I mean, I see this all the time with my entrepreneurial friends. They're like, at the beach, it's a Saturday. <laughs> And they're like, oh, I just had an idea. I have to talk about it on stories, right? And like, sometimes, yes, inspiration hits at random times and we can, <laughs> you know, have something really important to say. And I also find there's like a programming that starts to happen that can be a bad habit where mm -hmm. even in our pleasure and in our time off and on our weekends and in relaxation mode, there's something in our system that's always like, how can this be a teachable moment? What can I share about this? on Instagram, like, how is it that me sitting on the beach on a Saturday can somehow help my community, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes it comes from a beautiful, well-intentioned place, but there is a shadowy side to it, which is that mm -hmm. we're always on. Yes. Yeah. I think, and I think a lot of it also comes down to the stories and beliefs we have behind it. Like, if I believe that it's easier, it's more easeful for me to just like express in the moment. And it's like, it's in, it's done. Like it comes in, it comes out complete versus um, like feeling like I need to hold on to the idea and save it for later. And then it's like, again, I'm tracking it. I'm holding on to it and I'm not really fully relaxing into the present moment. Mm. Um, I think there, yeah, it can go both ways as far as, you know, staying engaged and sharing and, and being present with wherever we are. Yeah. And I think you and I can also speak to two kind of slightly different experiences. So you were mentioning that you, you find it a little bit easier to like work more, like that's your more like natural tendency to like, keep, <laughs> keep going, keep going, mm -hmm. but you can also compartmentalize. It's like, I'm on, I'm working or I'm not working. Whereas for me, because I, well, we both value pleasure, but <laughs> because I value like ease and pleasure in my work, 
sometimes it's like I can have TV on in the background or I can be, you know, it's, it's kind of like a half and half situation. I'm like half enjoying myself not working, but then also half working at the same time. I might be like, I don't know, like doing some odd, odd work on the side, but then Mm -hmm. it takes way longer because I'm not just like fully present, getting it done, shutting off. And so then sometimes that like work energy can seep in longer throughout the day Mm -hmm. than I originally intended. So I feel like it it can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's important to just be aware of what our own patterns are because when we're aware of it, then we can look at like, okay, great. What's contributing, what's contributing to me feeling like either overwhelmed, tired, uninspired and Mm -hmm. what could potentially shift to help Mm -hmm. open that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's so much about ultimately energy leaks, right? So, cause each Mm -hmm. person functions differently and our systems are a bit different. Like I know in human design, Mm -hmm. there's this, like, if you go deep into it, there's this whole thing around what environment is best for you and most relaxing and, um, allows you to like focus the most Mm. and, um, what, what environment allows you to digest the best. Like there's all these details and it's going to be different for each person. And it was really interesting for me to learn that some people it's, they eat and digest much better when there is loud sounds on around them. And there's just like talking or TV or, and then there's, and they, some people work better that way as well. And then some Mm -hmm. people need like total silence and no one in the room. That's me. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, Oh, I should have like ambiance music or like, I should just go to a cafe. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I sit there and I'm like, why do this is the hundredth time I've tried this. I don't know why (laughs) I think, I think today it's going to work. Um, so I need to just be like in my bed, under the covers in silence with nothing and no one around. That's the best way I work. And it's probably very boring for other people like yourself who are like, what? (laughs) And it's so important to know this about ourselves. Right. And I think you're, you're very accurate in this, this idea, which I'm, I base a lot of my work around is the concept of energy leaks. And for one person, it could be very different from another. And so in this like very templated blueprinted industry it's easy to be like well this is what this person's doing so I need to do this I need to wake up at 5 a.m and sit in silence and do a two-hour morning practice to like be successful (laughs) whereas like another person is like you need to cold message 20 people a day yeah and I might be like, oh, I love to like lay in bed, but have friends playing on the background while I'm writing. (laughs) Yeah. It it gets to be different for all of us. And so I think it's important to really pull back regularly and check in and see like, okay, where am I doing something because I think I should be or because someone else is doing it or because I think (laughs) today's going to be the day that it works. Yeah. And really check in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we're going here because there is such an important um missed opportunity, especially for well, it's not even for people starting off, to be honest. It's actually for everyone. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but I have to always go back and do energy inventory like 
every quarter, every six months, like, or sometimes every day, depending Mm -hmm. on what stage I'm in, where I'm like, wait, hold on, let me get real about what is sucking me dry and getting me resentful. And then what are the things that are lighting me up and juicing me up? And, oh, look, my list of the things that suck me dry are longer than the list of what's juicing me up. Got to just shift that. Like, and how do I shift it? And I think if everyone goes about life and their business that way a little bit more, we're just going to have more turned on people. I think everyone's always like, oh my God, I got to be so, you know, to be turned on as a, you know, just feminine being in the world. Like I have to like be waking up and do self-pleasure first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a a task to me personally (laughs) to be like, I have to do this. Um, Or I have to, you know, there's all these like prescribed ways of being turned on and vibrant and alive. And I'm like, no, actually it's just about what works for you. And then you just have to get brute. Often we just aren't brutally honest about it. (laughs) True. True. That brutal honesty is really the kicker. (laughs) Yeah. What? So, so, you know, you just came out of a period um, in the last couple of years where you took a good, good chunk of time off where you really minimized uh, and essentially like deprioritize business in your life. And then I've also just been coming out of a shorter version of that, a few months of that. Um, I'm curious to hear about that experience a little bit and what were some of the biggest takeaways for you through doing that? Yeah, this is definitely, <laughs> there was so many lessons, like, and there was several periods, like different phases, I guess you could say, where different lessons like really came to the surface and I had uh, is I was like okay like great it's done now (laughs) and then there'd be like a whole nother phase of like a slightly different experience with its own kind of bag of of lessons and I would say like it really started when one of my core, very, very, very successful, pleasurable, like favorite offerings, the sexified success circle. Um, all of a sudden, like I kept getting this guidance that I'm just like not meant to do it anymore. And it was very confusing (laughs) because I was like, I like this, it was like my whole annual income. And also like so fun for me to do is like everything that I loved working with deeply with clients and also doing luxurious retreats and traveling. And I just couldn't figure it out. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to figure it out. Let's just roll with this. Can I ask you a question about this just to to interject for a moment when you say, so I'm sure there's a lot of people I know I found myself wondering, and I imagine other people listening might be wondering like, how were you able to discern like the guidance that you were hearing or seeing or knowing um, from this preference that you had? Like I, it wasn't even like it was starting to feel heavy or boring or like, oh, I've done this a million times. You said it was still lighting you up. It was still fun. Yeah. I think that was the hardest part. Cause like when something is feeling heavy um, I mean, what, when it is our like primary income source, it can still be very difficult to let it go, even when it is really challenging or heavy. Mm. Um, but for something that feels really good, I just found it to be so confusing as to like, <laughs> like, I didn't get it. And I think 
that's the point of guidance a lot of the time, including with taking, being guided to take time off or to rest or to deprioritize business for a period of time. It might not make sense at first. Um, we operate in business so often in a very logical, linear way. And sometimes with this guidance, like we, we can't see everything that's coming. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've come to this place where I just kind of have to trust, like, okay, something that I can't see that's better is coming. And there's sometimes a period of time where it doesn't feel better. Also, mm -hmm. I will name that. Yeah. Oh my God. I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but like, does it come to you like in like a nagging energy or like, how do you receive that, that guidance that's so in opposition to what feels good? Mm. Yeah. For me, it's very, um, like auditory. Like I will kind of hear messages. Mm. So when I'm tuning in, it's like these messages come through and then it started so first I got the guidance that came through, through my, like, I guess, hearing as I was tapping into what I would consider source. And, and then from there it got clunky. So I, I wasn't immediately like, yes, I like, okay. There was a little bit of like, okay, maybe I'm just going to like, maybe there's some shifts that I need to make and that will that will make it okay. So, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Like, we'll pull cards and we're like, I don't want this card. I'm going to pull another one. And <laughs> All the time. Right. You're like, I'm just kidding. That's not it. <laughs> so from there, admittedly, and somewhat embarrassingly, you know, I, I tried to make it work, right? Like I tried to make some adjustments to see like, okay, is there another way that I can go about this that would give this thumbs up from source. Yeah. And, and that's when it, that's when I started to feel the clunkiness. That's where I, I started to feel like, you know, it just wasn't, it was feeling at that point, very logical to me. It's like, okay, there's this, there's this, we put this together. And yeah. it wasn't like the alive experience that I had when I was guided to, to doing that program. It was like, my whole body was lit up. I was pulling crystals and the guidance was just like streaming through. It was just very, it was easeful, you know, yeah. talk about queen of ease. Like it was such an easeful experience. And mm. then at this point it was like <laughs> queen of clunk. It was like, it was not <laughs> happening. <laughs> queen of clunk. Don't want that title. I do not want that title. <laughs> but I love that we're talking about this. Cause I know there's so many people listening right now who are like, Oh my God, I know exactly what you guys are talking about where it's important to, I, to, to address the fact that following guidance and following, you know, nudges is never convenient and necessarily easy. Um, there, of course there's the occasional thing that you're like, Oh, I'm just, it feels so in flow. And then it, it really does work out, but often it's like moving away from what our mind thinks is the best idea or what our nervous system relies on. Like, Oh, that financial yeah. support or whatever it is, or that relationship that just feels comfortable or whatever it might be for someone. And then to hear the guidance, start to follow it. And then it gets messy because <laughs> everything yeah. is just like dissolving, but you're like, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'll put it back together. Let's get some band-aids. Let's get some <laughs> scotch tape. Like, we can do this, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and then it just, yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. That's not, 
going to work. So I'm, I'm glad we went there. Yes. Wow. And then was there sort of like a final moment uh, where you were like, okay, I surrender. I accept this is not going to work out. Yeah. So that at that section of the journey, which was quite a while ago, this happened like quite a bit before me actually taking the time off. Um, but there was like, okay, like I'm releasing this. And then I had this weird period of time. So in my, uh, up until that point, it was probably like nine, 10 years of business. It had like in my experience and remembrance of it, it had been easeful. Clients came, money came. It was, it, it was easeful and it, I was very successful. And then I had this period after I let go of this mastermind of like it. So I trusted the guidance. I was like, okay, go, like I'm letting it go. And then I had this like kind of clunky period, even after I had trusted the guidance and I thought it was like, I was doing something wrong. I was like, why am I not feeling successful? Like, why, why am I not making the same amount of money? Why am I not consistently growing financially in my business? Cause I had had like periods of like doubling consistently, um, income, income wise in my business. So I'm like, what am I doing wrong? So I started to like really go into like this nitpicky place of like, <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. And I didn't understand that I was being guided to actually step away from my business to, for a totally different reason that I would have ever guessed. And so by the time I actually was like, okay, like clearly I need a fresh start because nothing I'm doing is really working. And I thought it was because I was doing something wrong, but in reality, I was just being guided to actually take that time off so that I could learn to receive from my husband in a way that I would have my, like my strong independent woman would have never allowed mm. never in my life. Did I think that I could have a man that would support me emotionally and like stability wise, like my husband always has, but also financially. Yeah. It, it, and that didn't make sense even just with where we were at. And, and when I had the experience of being vulnerable to actually ask for support and like hearing his response, I just broke down into tears. Like mm. I could feel like decades, lifetimes worth of like strong, independent woman, just like washing away and opening up to this whole new level of re receptivity that I don't think I could have gotten if everything was working smoothly and if I didn't take that space away where I had to let go of all of my income for a very extended period of, or the majority of it anyways, for an extended period of time. And then eventually hit the point where it's like, okay, like I no longer have enough to self-resource mm. if I keep going. And so, yeah, it was like, eventually it hit a point where I got the lesson but yeah. when I was in it, I did not get the lesson. I, well, do we ever when we're in it? Right. <laughs> like, oh. oh, I I would love um to share the the link to that whole story. You wrote such a beautiful blog post on on that that was that really moved me emotionally. I'd love to share that in the show notes if you're open to that. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely do that. 
I feel like people will love it. I know I just, it was such a journey reading that. I really felt like I was on that journey with you. Mm. Um, And it is so crazy and cool how life will do things like that. And we can only go through those, like sort of taking the scenic route or just taking that route when we trust and allow Mm -hmm. for that to happen. Cause you could have kept being like, I'm going to figure this out. Right. And there's a lot of rhetoric in the world. That's like, there's a problem. Keep figuring out like this didn't work. This solution didn't work. Find another one. Right. Like keep Mm -hmm. trying, keep trying, keep trying. And of course there's a time and place for that lesson of perseverance. I know I grew up with that myself, but like, Mm where do we go? All right. Now this is just my own agenda trying to take over. And like, there's a much bigger intelligence that is trying to gift me something through. Sometimes it looks like a shit sandwich, but you know, (laughs) ultimately you're like, "Hmm." and then you find a diamond ring inside and Um, and with, again, with like miracles and magical moments and, um, soul lessons, we never would have really thought about because sometimes we don't even know what we need. Right. Like I never, I never thought I wanted to get married. I proposed to my husband. I bought my own (laughs) wedding ring. So Nadia is saying, you know, choke on a diamond ring in the sandwich because, (laughs) in that moment of being vulnerable and surrendering like my husband gave me a new new wedding ring that was like (laughs) just 11 years later or 10 years later at that point it was like oh okay like I get to receive (laughs) I get to stop and I get to receive in this in this way where it's not it's not based on need yeah, it's based on want. And I didn't even know that I could want these things or, or receive them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. I love the story. I had like goosebumps my whole body. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had a diamond drink. I mean, <laughs> I think all, all of us are suckers for that on some level. <laughs> um, so there's, there's, this curiosity I have around, I mean, I don't know if we can top this diamond ring story right now, but I'm also curious, you know, we talked a little bit about the challenges of letting go of the things that, you know, you were trying to make work that even felt really good. And then on the other, other end, like you're, you're back, you're back in, um, I want to say like full business mode, but what does that even mean for you since you watch friends in the background, but um, you know, you're, you're, you're back, you're in the world. Um, your, your offerings uh, are, 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 you know, blooming and blossoming in their, their own new iterations. And so um, how is it feeling now? And I know you got all this other stuff, not related to business. Um, that was such a beautiful gift, but in business, what yeah. actually helped with taking that time to deprioritize business? Like, where are you now with that? There's kind of two angles that I could take with this. I'm not too sure, you know, which, <laughs> which would excite <laughs> you the more there's like what allowed me to do that. And then what I actually learned and let let go of business-wise that is allowing me to move forward with more pleasure. I'm thinking Mm. it's the latter that would be a more fun, fun conversation. Do it. 
do it. Yes. Okay. So I, I am someone who I'm very strategic. Uh, I am obsessed with energetic efficiency and practical efficiency, just efficiency all around. And though, especially the, the strategy, the leverage, those two concepts have often, I wouldn't say overrided, but would sometimes compete with my intuition and creative flow. Mm. And so it'd be like, I would get this amazing idea but then I would immediately go into strategizing how to leverage it as much as possible. And sometimes that would kind of seep out the magic of it. And taking this time off and kind of coming back out, I feel like I really released a lot of uh, what other people think about me, like the care of what other people might think. Um, I've released a lot of shame and a lot of uh, how much my identity is tied into like how successful, especially financially successful my business is. Mm. Um, So there's a lot of freedom in that, in those pieces. And I think one of the most significant ones for me is really releasing a lot of, of, the like kind of patriarchal programming that like strategy and leverage needs to come first and letting myself follow the flow of like what feels really not that I didn't do this before but it's like this whole new layer of like liberation in my creative expression Mm -hmm. that gets to come out to play and I only bring in like the strategy and the leverage after the the creative flow and expression has enough time to really live and and create first so it's not getting stifled by this like okay we have to like you know we have to get it just right almost like yeah there's been a release of perfectionism as well yeah so all in all I can just say like I feel I feel a lot more liberation within my being a lot more freedom in my in my being and in my business which has already and i'm i have no doubt will continue to allow me to create things that have a, a much more significant impact than i've had already simply by having a lot more fun creating myself <laughs> yeah yeah it's i feel like the death of strategy is like mm-hmm. a new uh, theme. It just based on what you're sharing, and I know I'm having this experience where now that both of us have been, you've been in business um, a few years longer than me, but I mean, we went through the phase of like the bro marketing and like, you know, the way they taught us to do sales a certain way and like all those things. Like that was mm-hmm. the, the era, very short-lived, but there was an era of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly feel something has shifted in the energetics of the world. I want to say, I don't even know, but like, I definitely see it around me where I truly can do something so strategically, so formulaic, um, so quote unquote, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, per the strategy playbooks and 
get no results, like nothing. And I could even be doing it with pleasure, right? It does. It's not even like, oh, I'm hating it. And then I could do something so (laughs) half-assed and like that takes me five minutes and suddenly you get crazy response. Right. And it's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still figuring out, you know, cause like, like you, I like systems and I like to organize and have patterns that like explain the world to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I haven't found the pattern here yet. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you've been having this experience and if you see a pattern, but the only pattern I see is no pattern. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've like been taking away from this experience of no pattern and maybe like finding my own pattern within it is instead of attaching um, success and validity value from, from one offering, it's like my whole my whole business is success depends on this one thing being successful right now. Mm. It's more of like, I'm willing to keep staying engaged and keep rolling and not letting my worth and my value be tied into this. And instead I just get to keep having fun and keep expressing and keep putting things out there. Cause that's what I want to do versus that's what I have to do to yeah. be successful or have value. Yeah. It nearly sounds to me like this could be the new paradigm of perseverance Mm. instead of the one of like, you just got to keep working hard and finding the solution and keep trying and you fall, you get back up, you you know, and it's like, there's of course something really good about that. And Mm. I think the, perhaps it was the interpretation that we took under like a more capitalistic patriarchal system Mm -hmm. that burnt us out, but that maybe it's about like what I heard you say is really, I'm going to keep being me. Yeah. And like, okay, this version of me wasn't like, I didn't get the validity, feedback, recognition, et cetera, (laughs) projector themes um, (laughs) that I would have liked. And that's not going to make me smaller. It's not going to have me get quieter. It's not going to censor my expression. I'm just going to keep showing up. Yeah. It's like, I've got my own back. I validate and acknowledge and appreciate myself and how I'm showing up. And if other people want to come on board with that, cool. But like, I no longer need that to to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like truly the secret sauce to actually being like in, in pleasure Mm -hmm. and ease in life, peace to, to having like full body peace where you're not trying to prove you're not trying to get, you're not trying to hook into something, be it, you know, like for some people, I know we've been really in the, the, we've been discussing business because that's sort of the topic today, but it could be a a codependency in relationship, whether that's relationship to business, romantic relationship, relationship with a parent, a sister, right? And so unhooking ourselves is the truest liberation. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this interesting pattern where we go into like, oh, over there, I'll find freedom. And then somehow in the search of freedom, we trap ourselves. And we're like, ah, just kidding. Over here, I'll find freedom. <laughs> and then we trap ourselves there. And maybe that's just the human experience, right? We're meant to just be like, freedom, just kidding, freedom, just kidding. <laughs> and, um, and realizing that on a very essentially sort of Buddhist level, right, there's the, the freedom, the true liberation comes from this certain level of, of non-attachment. And I don't think it's non-attachment in the interpretation or misinterpretation that some people have of like, oh, well, I guess that just means I don't give a shit about anything mm-hmm. um, or that I don't have deep desire. I know you and I have talked about that when I worked mm-hmm. with you and you were mentoring and coaching me and that instead it's, it's about um, unhooking from the results, yeah. unhooking from the feedback of the other person or the business or the clients or the money. And instead being like, I'm showing up to show up. I'm not showing up to get the money or to get the love or to get the fame. Mm-hmm. And I, all, so many of our systems really brew codependency unconsciously. Yeah. It just sort of happens. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, some good stuff. I know, <laughs> I know. It's such, these are such important conversations and the new paradigm of business and leadership, right? It's like, yeah. it's not, we can't do things the way we used to, even from four or five years ago, not that long ago, just you can't run your business like you used to. Yeah, so much is changing and Although for, for those of us who have really been in it for a long time, and it can be, it can feel a little bit harder to let go of some of those old things that did seemingly work so well um, and step into the void of unknown. Um, it, yeah. it really is, it is a good thing. Yeah. What do you have any like thoughts on other things that you think we need to normalize in this new paradigm? I know that's sort of a big question, but like, (laughs) I was just, cause I'm more just in the inquiry of that myself. Like, I feel like we could create a manifesto of like the new paradigm of business and leadership here are the top 10. We should do like, you know, yeah. Ooh, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun, fun little project. I know you and I have definitely talked about consent. Like that's Mm. a really, a really big big one I feel in the industry for sure in business across the board mm-hmm. tell tell people a little bit about what what that means to you because I think you know people have heard the word consent but I'm sure they're curious like how does that connect to business yeah I think I mean you, you and I as projectors we're really oriented towards receiving invitations and giving invitations. And I think that really bodes well for the consent conversation because Mm -hmm. ideally the shift would be moving a lot out of um, a, as mentors feeling like we, we know better than our clients and as clients um, feeling like any mentor could know better than we know based on our truth. And also really operating from a like pretty consistent consent, like asking for permission before we share things, asking for permission 
before we give advice, asking for permission before we offer a program, asking for permission before, um, I mean, you and I had talked quite a bit around, you know, people sharing uh, like screenshots of conversations with their clients and things like that. And and how um, I think that needs to be a more like open conversation around like, was there consent (laughs) to share that? Was there a conversation should should we be saying that I asked for consent to share this? Would that make everyone feel like a little bit more comfortable and, yeah. and safe? And yeah. Yeah, that icky feeling in my body, it just came to me now as you were talking. I was like, oh, I know. It feels like it's one other, pe- like one other behavior um, uh, under the umbrella of uh, extraction. Yes, yes. And extraction has been a word I've been really sitting with for the last few years where I'm like, oh, our systems are set up in the Western world are so extractive in every way. And it can feel, I can understand how easily, I mean, I've found myself going, oh, I should do this. I should do this. Why am I? And people telling me, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? Me being like, oh, I guess I should do this. Where it's like, yeah, screenshotting like DMs and doing things like that. And um, screenshotting, like when you, when you do Voxer support with um, clients and they're like saying something nice about your work. And so I see how like that can be positive and, what happens in my body is I get this feeling of um, using the client's journey or experience. There's a using and extracting. Um, And I think there's a hundred percent a way that you can have testimonials. Obviously I have a whole page on, on my website of testimonials. I'm sure you have testimonials Mm -hmm. scattered everywhere. I have them too. Like there's a way to do it. That's tactful and classy and feels a lot more like the client is sharing an experience that they had mm-hmm. uh, again, consensually. Um, but there's, uh, I think it's a lot more about the energy of, uh, and the intention behind yes. it. And I think when you grow and you're scaling, it can be really easy to lose track of that. Mm-hmm. And my sense is your business feels, it's an assumption I'm making, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels similar to mine in that we go deep with a few people Mm -hmm. and we often go deep with a few people, but over a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And that requires a level of deep, deep, deep trust and coaching in its essence before Instagram, before um, just the scaling of e-courses and digital products was a lot more about building a relationship with another human because you're like, Hey, let's go on a journey together for a year and Mm -hmm. see how much we can change your life and, and get you the things you want. Right. And that was classic life coaching. And then there was this merging of that with digital products and courses and this sort of like lose a hundred pounds in five days, (laughs) you know, like you still have those old sales pages that go for like 17 days. You just keep scrolling and you're like, and there's another testimonial. And now we're talking more about it and like, give me the price. Where is it? Um, And it's all for like a weight loss program or like an aerobics program or some weird thing. And like, I I felt like there was a merging of those two. And then Instagram 
and social platforms in general being like the, the marketing tool there. And then somewhere along the way, because there was a blowing up emerging of that, and then a blowing up of so many new sort of influencer coaches, um, what happened was coaching the number one value wasn't building trust in the relationship anymore. It was, how can I scale? How can I make more money? How can I, you know, and as a result, you had a lot of these businesses that sort of grew tremendously in a few years and then crashed because they actually were not being, um, they were not, um, yeah, they were, there was a distrust that was created in the relationship as a result of, you know, whatever different behaviors, whether it's from a sales perspective or a delivery perspective. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think for anyone listening, who's either been in this game for a long time, or I think is even starting off, especially in the sort of coaching world, to remember that, like, it's really basic. Yeah. <laughs> like, make a connection with someone. And then care about them, care about them, build trust, ask them for permission when there's something you're not sure about and, you know, do, do uh, ask amazing questions and change their life. And there you go, (laughs) you know, and that, 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 that's a sustainable business plan. I feel it's, it is a strategy (laughs) without being a strategy. Yeah. I think we could all do, do a little bit better myself included just by like more continuously checking in on our intentions as well. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, am I asking asking for this because I want to look really good? Or am I asking for this, especially in the realm of like testimonials, screenshots, that sort of thing? Or am I asking because I feel like this would really contribute to other people's lives to see it. And it's a really valuable thing that my client is sharing and I want them to be acknowledged for that. Mm. Um, Is it to spread the work or is it to make myself look really good um, and like give myself a little boost? And I think if we can across the board, just be checking in around like, yeah, what is my intention for this? What is my why for this? Uh, It'll just help us to be more consistently in integrity uh, with, with how we want things to be moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, this is so good. I'm glad we ended up going here. And I just, there's one last piece I want to speak to before we wrap up, but there's, something about agreements Mm. that I think are often overlooked um, because there's other things that are more urgent, more important. And this isn't even specific to client coach relationship. This is truly in your life with any relationship. And you do this so beautifully. I I, I remember even just when I um, booked um, a, a VIP intensive with you, there was one question on your intake form that was like, Hey, um, I don't remember the exact wording, but essentially you were asking permission, like, Hey, can I share pieces of your journey? If I feel it's helpful, um, for, for my community. And I got to say yes or no upfront. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was simple. You handled it before it even happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that in life, in any relationship, it can be really good for us to get clear on what do we want to ask for? And can we just get clear on that at the beginning and trust? And this is where we have to unhook ourselves from the codependent patterns, right? Where we just go, we have to trust that the other person is a sovereign being with clear boundaries and clear communication, 
which unfortunately sometimes is not the case, but, um, (laughs) you know, you have to see them in that light. And the more you do, the more everything is transparent, clear on the same page. And you're not like, uh, putting out fires after the fact, like, Oh, oopsies. I didn't realize you weren't okay with me screenshotting the DM conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the things that a lot of people miss women, especially around agreements is we think that we have and and around consent too. It's like, Oh, well, but I really do want to be sharing screenshots or I really do want to be sharing this. And it doesn't have to be uh, like, no, you can't do that. That's not an integrity. It can be like, if you want to do that, make, and and that's like actually really important to you. That's okay. It doesn't need to be wrong or bad. It's just make that uh, part of the agreement that the other person says yes to or no to. And if there are no, that's fine. You just don't work together versus it being like a, oh, now we have to have this awkward conversation later on because trust has been broken and one person doesn't get what they want. It's like, no, we can have these win-win-win agreements where like we can have clients that love their stuff being shared. And if you're someone who loves sharing stuff, great. Like that's a perfect match versus someone who like really loves to have privacy and go deep in the work and doesn't want things to be talked about and having a coach that really values that and that gets to be a win-win-win. So when we can name things up front in these agreements based on our own non-negotiables, mm-hmm. then our clients' non-negotiables can be met at the same time. Mm, I love that. Yeah, the currency, I think, of trust and word of mouth um, is really undervalued in mm-hmm. our industry right now. But like the truth is that shit never goes out of style. <laughs> truth. Like whatever platform is happening, not happening, however you market word of mouth, which, you know, usually comes from developing trust with other mm-hmm. people who then tell other people and then tell other people. It's like, that's a tried and tested way of doing things. And it's also not even, it's sort of the after effect. It's not yeah. the, um, the main goal. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, care for people and you're good. (laughs) Yeah. There gets to be a ripple effect that happens because of that. That's positive. Yeah. 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 Uh, Versus like the scarcity of like, there won't be enough of that. So I need to extract as much as possible now while I can. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same, like our relationship with our ecosystem and I'm not, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother podcast, (laughs) but you know, it's like, if we were, what we're doing right now is we are extracting, extracting, because, oh my God, there's no more time, no more resources. We got to do it all. Let's get bigger, better. And it's like, actually, if we nourish that relationship with mother nature, we're going to be here a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But people are a little short-sighted with that one. So Yes. Yeah. Well, we're figuring it out. Um, <laughs> but this feels like such a good loving note to to end our conversation on for today. Oh my God, as usual with you, I can keep <laughs> talking about stuff forever. I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but um I would love to have you share with everyone where they can find you if they want to stay connected to you personally or your work. Um, What are the best places for them to look you up and connect with you? Thank you for asking. Um, I would say my website, alisonbraun.com. My name has two L's. And um, 
I also have a, a free series called Claiming the Crown, which you can find at bit.ly forward slash claim the crown. We'll put that in the show notes too, yeah. because that really talks a lot around, you know, calling back your power so that you aren't creating these codependent relationships with your business, with other people, with your clients, et cetera. Yeah. And having the impact that you want to have in the way that you want to have it. And then I also love connecting on Instagram, uh, which is where Nadia and I were sharing a little bit about this podcast beforehand. Yeah. And that's just Allison at Allison Braun. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the great jam. We can, like you said, we could talk about all the things for all the time. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. It was good to have you on the show today. Yes, thanks. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know I'm teaching an upcoming masterclass on the dance of energetic sex on July 22nd. If you want more of that mind-blowing, heart-opening, what is my name even, <laughs> sex, then definitely come to this class. To get more info on it, you can head on over to nadiamunla.com forward slash D. E S or head to the show notes for a direct link. If you enjoyed the guest on this episode, you can head on over to the show notes to get more info on their bio, their work, their website, and all the good stuff. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show and I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.